Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. You have been on a relentless journey for unconditional grace teachings for a while now, haven't you? Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. We are chosen to confound the false wisdom of the commercial teachings of men. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, and I'm here with appendix-free guard dog, Steve. Hello, everybody. Hello, one and all. Glad you're here, too. So how are you feeling, Steve, minus the appendix? I feel fine. I got the staples taken out today, and that means the, the surgery's behind me. It's just a thing of the past. So we're going on to bigger and better things, which is all about the podcast. It is, and just had a couple things to update you on. Okay. The Grace Guard Dog wallet size cards are on their way. Oh, good, good. Because we my need... daughter Haley working on it. She's works at Staples. Oh, amen, amen. Not to be confused with had taken out of your body but she she works at Staples <laughs> and she's making a project for us so bless her heart bless her for that yeah so she'll do it good yes she will people are chomping for those guard dog parts yeah amen uh, sending in anti-legalistic emails good good that's how you earn a, a guard you dog send in card two anti-legalistic Emails. Yes. Oh, when might these anti-legalistic guard dog cards coming in? Well, the emails are coming in. One said legalism stinks. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't quite make it. <laughs> Have to put a little more explanation in it. Yeah, yeah. That's funny, though. People are putting writing emails, finally. Yeah. Which is good, and with questions and comments. A question last week on the podcast about the Children of Light came in. I guess we explained Children of Light, but they said, what about darkness? Remember that question? I, I didn't I did. see it. I didn't, didn't see okay. it. Well, they wanted to know about the darkness, which is another kind of multi-sided mm-hmm. wisdom. It sure is, and it's got specific meanings. Again, once again, the meanings are specific. And I posted on Facebook the passage, I think it's in Luke 11, about, remember when Jesus and the disciples were walking, going to go through Samaria, and the Samaritans said said they did not receive him? Yes. And the disciples... They should be burned or something. Yes, said, do you want us to call down fire? On the Samaritans, Jesus rebuked his disciples. He sure did. And he said, you know not what spirit you are of. Right. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. So I see two things in there, Steve, that I was hoping would get some attention. I see purpose, right? Jesus' purpose. Yeah. His cohortative purpose. His cohortative <laughs> purpose was not to destroy men's lives. Right. But to save them. Yes. But I also see, he says, you know not what spirit you are of. That sounds like 
ignorance doesn't. Sounds like darken, which is one of the definition. Uh, ignorance is one of the definitions of darkness. Why don't we let the Bible just define darkness for us in, in terms of ignorance? Okay. This would be a good point to let the podcast audience know that something you may not know about Steve and I, but before a podcast, we spend a lot of time praying these prayers about a praying for a spirit of wisdom, wisdom and revelation. Yes, in Ephesians the prayers. Yeah. Yes. In the Colossians these, prayers. Yeah. These epinosis prayers. Prayers. We pray them a lot. We depend on them a lot. And we recommend that you memorize them, to tell the truth. They're very much worth memorizing because they have power, tangible power. Let's get them together and put them on the website, too. We should. That's a good... I'm going to write that down. Okay. But let's go to... It's right after a prayer in Ephesians. I think it's in Ephesians 4, when Jesus ascended on high. He gave gifts to men. So yes, some free, be yeah. apostles and prophets and pastors, pastors and, and teachers for the equipping of the saints. saints. See, these offices are gifts from God. Exactly. Exactly. Lest anyone should boast. People called with by the Spirit of God and equipped with the Spirit of God with a purpose. They were called and equipped to be certain things, pastors or teachers or... And hold my thought there. I'm going to get okay. back to it, but just reminded me of something. Remember that in, is it in Exodus 31, that amazing passage when Moses was building the tabernacle and God called that certain guy by name and equipped him? To do the linen like, or something? To yeah. make the veil? That if I find it for you, can you... It's in Exodus 31. Okay, I'm looking for it, Bill. And you're right, yeah. He was the guy that was going to make the curtain, which is also a type of the veil, which is a type of darkness, which is a type of... Okay, I've got it. Do you want me to start reading in verse 1? Yep, for context. Okay. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Okay, let me stop you. Okay. Remember, name, especially in the Old Testament, was a lot more than, than like, Steve. It was describing their character. It was describing their character and what they're known for. Mm-hmm. So he's called this guy by a purpose and a character <laughs> he was going to do this yes then it goes on to say i have filled him with the spirit of god in wisdom in understanding in knowledge and in all kinds of craftsmanship doesn't that sound like the prayers we don't filled with the spirit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge yes and equipped him. Yes. We just read that, that he calls some to be pastors and teachers and he called these gifts. Yes, yes. And he filled them with their spirit and gave them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And he can give everybody out there in the audience this gift of 
wisdom and revelation. He can open the eyes of your heart so that you can understand all the scriptures. They'll just come alive. It's an amazing thing if the spirit of wisdom and revelation kicks in in a tangible way. You'll notice it. You'll know it for what it is. You'll be going, oh my gosh, those guys were right, because you will feel it. So here's this guy, Bezalel. Yeah. Being equipped to make a veil to hide the presence of God, where all the purposes of God reside. Yes. Okay. Where were you at? You you say he was called? Yeah. Let me go ahead and read what all it says about him. To make artistic designs for works in gold, in silver, and in bronze, and in the cutting of stones for setting, and in the carving of wood, that he may work on all kinds of craftsmanship. He's been filled or equipped with everything he needs to get this job that God has him to do. He's equipped to do, and it should give each and every one of us encouragement because whatever God wants us to do and get accomplished, he equips us to do it with his spirit. Exactly. Whether your brain is broken or not, whether you... So here's this guy being equipped to do this specific task. This specific task cannot... Sounds like it can't be done by just any person. They didn't go... Hey, if we got any carpenters out there, any linen makers? No university of. No, this guy was just equipped by the Spirit of God. And it says, filled with the Spirit, which my net notes said that to be filled, especially in the Old Testament, but also the New, means to be under the influence of. Under, under the control the, of. Under the control of. Yes. The spirit. For a purpose. Right. So back to our Ephesians 4, where we, that God is equipped and he calls them gifts. Yes. Which is people. Right. To do certain tasks. Now, it says he equipped, he called some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be pastors and teachers for the equipping of saints, for the works of service, till we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, then we will no longer be as little children tossed back, back and forth, forth. Way through ways and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming but instead speaking the truth in love in love, love. in love. love we will in all things grow up Into in love him. or <laughs> yes in love yes overemphasizing God is love yes Speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ, whose whole body joined and held Held together together. by every supporting ligament Mm -hmm. grows and builds itself up. There's that word again. Yes. As each part does its work. Then he says, so I say this after saying that and insist on it that you no longer be as the Gentiles. You remember the rest of that yeah, sentence? Yeah, they were darkened in, in their, their understanding due to the ignorance that was in. in them. So there's another definition of darkness. No, it's fair to say one of the manifold wisdoms about the word darkness, that the number one is flesh. Your, your darkness is your 
human nature. But which is totally ignorant. It, which is totally the, ignorant. The spirit of God. You can see right here on, on the page of Ephesians that the idea of being darkened is the idea of being ignorant or lacking some type of knowledge or some truth that God wants you to have. And remember we last week the woman caught into it, caught in the very act of adultery, found out she was not condemned. Jesus immediately after saying that the one who follows my sayings shall never walk in darkness or ignorance lack lacking of under- lack yeah, of understanding, understanding yeah in no condemnation right and what chapter and verse was that it was John 8 he said the one who will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life, life. his life yes so Paul is saying, I'm equipping you so that you don't walk in ignorance. Yes. And a lack of understanding. Jesus' disciples, when he said, you do not know in reference to, they wanted to rain down fire on the Samaritans. Right. And he said, you don't do not know what spirit you are of. You're ignorant of the spirit Wisdom, wisdom and, and knowledge, yes. yes. You're ignorant of that. You're, you're dark you're in your understanding. You're lacking that wisdom. And I know we go to it all the time, but remember in Second Corinthians 3, it talks about the veil, yes, the curtain, which brings about a veil or darkness or lack of understanding. It brings about lack of understanding. The veil keeps you from understanding certain truths in God's Word. We saw that the law was a veil. This is important. The law is a huge veil. It's the number one veil in the Bible. The law is a veil to getting new covenant understanding and enlightenment. But it was on purpose. At that time, yes. It was given for a reason. It was definitely given for a reason because we just read about the guy Bezalel. (laughs) who was equipped to make a veil to hide the presence of God and the purposes of God. Yes. We were in the dark. So 2 Corinthians 3, this is strange, but it's a veil and a revelation at the same time. So we see that not only is it a veil, but it also reveals something. It was veiled in type and shadow. It was veiled, remember, to the Pharisees in John 5, where he says, you search the scriptures because you think in them. But they speak of me, that was veiled. That was veiled. As it revealed. Right. Christ but was veiled. We don't get the revealing until the Spirit comes to unveil it. Yes. That's why it is literally a spirit of wisdom and unveiling. Unveiling. Yes. So if you could highlight some of the Second Corinthians 3, what it's saying, that, that would help us before we get to chapter 4. In 2 Corinthians 3, Paul is talking about the ministry of the Spirit and the ministry of the law. He's calling the ministry of the Spirit. He's saying that it has a certain amount of glory, yet the ministry of condemnation, which was what we were reading about, had a glory with it. But the ministry of the Spirit, its glory far supersedes the glory of the law. Then it goes on to say, but the people's minds were hardened for until this very day, 
at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ. To this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But whenever a man turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same glory, from glory to glory, from the Lord, the Spirit. In other words, the the Spirit lifts the veil that was covering our understanding by the law. The law just veils the understanding of many, many new covenant realities because all you see is the law. You, you see it right even though a new covenant reality is be you're reading about a new covenant reality and you're seeing the law. The veil remains and that's why we pray so hard that you would receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the true knowledge of him and that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened so you know the hope of your glory. That's what we want for you. We do not want your minds hardened and veiled, and we don't want your minds in the dark, because that's what we're talking about, an aspect of darkness, which means veiled, or lack of being able to understand a spiritual thought expressed in a spiritual word. But where the Lord is, there is liberty. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, we have get liberated from that inability to read the Scriptures with revelation. With revelation. You can get revelation out of the Scriptures. You just read them through the Spirit. Equipping of the Spirit. Not human intellect. The equipping of the Spirit. And so God did give the law for a purpose. To darken their hearts. And to darken their minds. So that even the disciples who were with Jesus were not on board with his purpose and plan. They were still in the dark. dark. They did not understand his purpose, which he gave in Luke 2. I remember it as the Linus speech from a Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. I, did, I always thought Linus said it until I was at church right after, like six months after I got saved, and I was just sitting in church, and it's like, That's in the Bible? <laughs> Behold, I bring you great tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people peace upon the earth and good will towards, it's actually into all men, Amen. all people. Now, Amen, Charlie. Check me out, Steve. Samaria would be a place on earth. Yes. <laughs> they would fall under that category. They would fall under that category. Of goodwill towards Samaritans. Yes. Yes. So, 
setting them on fire from heaven would not be goodwill, I'm guessing? No, that's why Jesus said you don't know what spirit you're talking from. because That was not the purpose I came. He says, I did not come to destroy men's life. I came with goodwill. With goodwill. Towards all people. Yes, if you were of the spirit of my father, you would realize that I came with goodwill towards those Samaritans. I love those Samaritans. Yes. Even though they temporarily are in the dark about who I am and reject me and don't receive me, I got a purpose and plan for them. For the Samaritans, yes. They don't know it, and you don't know it. Right. But their darkened understanding of God's plan was not going to keep God from doing his plan. Accomplishing it. No. That's the cool thing. Always is, always will be. So I'm in chapter 4. I'm probably going to start off in verse 3. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing in the dark, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they may not see the light of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And then the next verse, we have this treasure. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Christ. For the God who said, Light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts. So our hearts were darkened. Our heart, and he lit them up. And he lit it up. And the veil was removed. To give us the, the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So we're not darkened to that understanding about Christ is in us and he's the hope of glory. We understand that we're seeing the face of Christ being glorified by God when we see ourselves acting righteously. That's why it's so important to act righteously. That's why we don't propagate the idea of sinning all you want, because if you're sinning, you're not acting righteously. And if you're not acting righteously, then you're not manifesting the God of the universe. You're manifesting your own human nature. You're in the dark. You're manifesting darkness. You are the darkness at that point. And when you've been in this darkness, i.e. the human nature, your sinful nature, when you've been there all day long watching you embarrass yourself, you begin to feel alienated from God in your mind. And you have to do what the gospel says and become reconciled in your mind again which is exactly what it's saying here in um, Romans chapter 5. I, I think I should read it. Because oh, it's one of the biggest confusions for me. For me too. I think almost 15 years before I mm-hmm. saw that, I always thought that 
I reconciled God back to me, that he was mad at me. Yes. And that I, he had to be reconciled to me. It doesn't say that. No. It, well, let's, no, let's we not were, we were reconciled let's, to God at the cross. This passage is talking about is during the course of a day, us receiving that reconciliation that happened at the cross. And the cross was for our benefit. Yes. It was God demonstrating that he loved us, allowing Christ to come down to earth and be treated hostile and tortured and not fighting or resisting it, but to borrow from, what's that guy that wrote Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God? It's really God in the Hands of Angry Sinners. He allowed all that to happen to show that we were not his enemies, that we were his friends, and he's reconciled us to him. Yes, and we've received the ministry of reconciliation. So, yeah. So let's let's minister reconciliation. Let's just read this passage because it does it better than we can. So we, we're in Romans 5. Yeah. 10. Okay. For while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. That's 2,000 years ago. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be present tense, saved by his life manifesting itself through us. let Let me get this straight. So after we did penance, no we penance. were reconciled. Nada. After we did something. Right. We did nothing. It happened 2,000 years ago. God reconciled us to him. While we were enemies, but really... We thought that we had to re-apologize to him, but he has reconciled us, and we need to receive that reconciliation in our minds. That's why Paul said we received the ministry of reconciliation. We were reconciled to God, not... Him reconciled to us. We were ones hostile to God. We were the ones Thinking. enemies are in our we, mind. We, we thought we were enemies, but we weren't. We never were. We, but we erroneously were thought we were enemies, just like the woman caught in adultery. It says, and not only this, but we also exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received. The reconciliation at the end of a bad day. We receive the reconciliation. The Spirit says to us, it ministers to us that we are righteous and that our sins and lawless deeds God will remember no more. And we receive that once again. We receive that truth back into our lives, which gives us the balance that we need. And we calm down again. I'm okay with you. I may have friends to apologize to. I may have done them wrong and need to apologize to them, but you reconciled me 2,000 years ago. Wow. So if we received the reconciliation, that means it didn't come from our end. No. We didn't go make a peace treaty and bring it to God and say, look, let's... No, we didn't do any of that. We, We didn't say any Hail Marys. We didn't throw any doves in the fire we didn't kill a cow. We, we did nothing. He reconciled us to him through his son on the cross. His son did all that mediating. 
It was all part of his hidden plan. From the beginning of time. All part of his purpose. From the beginning of time. That the disciples who wanted to rain down fire on the Samaritans didn't know. Even though it was announced by the angels, good thoughts toward all men. That's what that means. It's yeah. that donkey my word that we went over last week. Yeah. Good thoughts into all men. And peace upon all the earth. Yes. Which does include Samaria. Yes. Okay, so let's see what else the Bible tells us about this idea of reconciliation and being darkened to the reconciliation that happened and everything. But look at 2 Corinthians 5, let's say 14. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded that one died for all, therefore all died, that one paid for all, Therefore, all paid their sin debt, paid in full. Legizomai is the word. It's an accounting word. You know when you get your statement at the end of the month? Mm-hmm. It means legitimize you, yeah, the you, statement. You think you got $800 in your account, and you, turns out you have 300 Yeah. And it gives you all the, this was paid, this was charged, this was yep. paid, right? Yep. This was deposited. Right. You reconcile your bank account. As paid in full. In this account, one died who pair on behalf of all. Therefore, all debts are paid, paid in full. full. Yes. And it goes on to say, it goes on to say, Now all these things are from God who reconciled to himself, us to himself through Christ. And get a load of this. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us, to you, Bill, to me, the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we're ambassadors for Christ as though God were speaking right through us, begging on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God. I cannot tell you the how much confusion God- that I went through for 15 years. I was told keep short accounts. Remember that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. As you go through a day, keep short accounts. You do little sins. I about drove myself crazy trying to keep short accounts, trying to interrupt my day. To stop and go get get that account sh- stop because some get that. pastor in the pulpit said keep short accounts. I'm telling you for six months that thing it sounds stopped. good. They all sound noble. All those thoughts sound noble. How about keep the account equal to what God's account is? Paid in full. Paid in full. Yes. Remind yourself. Don't keep short accounts. Remind yourself so, it's paid in full. full. Paid in full. And he has given us the word of reconciliation. This is what we're supposed to tell people. This is our mission. Let me remind you, brothers, that God reconciled to you to himself through the cross, no matter how bad your day is going. I know you messed up today. I know it went bad. I know you're embarrassed. I know you have apologies to give out by the dozens. I know that you fell on your face, but in God's eyes, 
He remembers your sins and lawless deeds no more. That's our message to the people. What if you're darkened to that? If you're ignorant to that? What if you don't know your accounts were paid in full? Does that mean they're not paid in full because you don't know? When when you're darkened to that idea, that's where the weeping and gnashing of teeth comes in. That's when you believe you're an enemy of God in, in your mind. Right. Your mind believes you're an enemy of God because of the bad day you had, just because you had a bad day. And when you think you're an enemy to God, you start to become hostile to God, just as Adam and Eve did in the garden. They hid. That's when peace left the earth. Right. And when Jesus came, the angel said, now peace on earth again. Yes, bring back the peace. Peace comes through reconciliation. Having been reconciled to God, we're at peace with God. Right. We're friends with God. That's why no one was called the friend of God under the law. But Abraham was called the friend of God before the law. If we can just get the understanding that the law was meant to tell us that we can't live the Christian life as well as God can live the Christian life through us, then we'll never get it. Do you want to help someone that's struggling with something? Give them the law. And let them fail miserably. But if you really want to help them, tell them God loves them. Right. Tell them God is not counting that sin against them. Amen. That sin that it's weighing so heavily on your mind, tell them. Free them from that. Say, God paid for that. Free them from the condemnation that somebody put on them. Somebody condemned them. It's running rampant. That condemnation and guilt is running rampant in the Christian community. Steve. I feel condemned still sometime having known known this right and telling other people this right and I well Bill you did that about one too many times yeah and, and I start to feel like not like an enemy but maybe God's got a little something against me yes and he's not pleased it's not pleased and I need someone to say as his ambassador Bill, be reconciled to God. Right. Put down, paid in full in your mind. Right. And go to sleep and right. rest. Then you're back in the light. You're back in the light. Be and enlightened yet. to this one fact that he has reconciled all of us to himself. And then having been reconciled, we have peace with God. Finally. Again. He's our friend. Yes. It's yes. so cool. That's why it says in Romans uh, 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. When you feel that peace with God, you are actually feeling heaven on earth. It feels like heaven to, to know that you're right with him and you can have joy on top of that and feel Righteous, that's what you're supposed to feel. Isn't that what the reconciliation is all about? Why they teach you that you've been reconciled? So you'll feel righteous and not like Adam and Eve naked. It's the best. It is. And it doesn't matter what our account, our reckoning of our account says. If it doesn't line up with his, it's wrong. He's the truth. He's what we reckon our account to. Yeah. Whatever God says it is the truth of the matter. 
Yeah. If he says, I'm not counting your sins against you, then that's the truth of the matter. That you're paid in full. That's the truth of the matter. That we're friends. That's the truth of the matter. We're not enemies. Truth of the matter. I love you. I don't just tolerate you. I love you. Beautiful truth of the matter. It's awesome. It is awesome. It's what he did for us. That's the euangelion, the good news. And that's our ministry. That's our ministry and here. That's what he actually says is every Christian's ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. And didn't it come right off the pages of the Bible? Didn't I read that out of 2 Corinthians five fourteen and following? Didn't it say he gave us the ministry of reconciliation? I didn't make that up. The Bible said it. It's if written right on the page. If your ministry is get get right or get left, yeah, you're not, you're a terrible ambassador. Yeah, you're not an ambassador. You're you're anathema. But he says he's making this appeal as we're his ambassador. We're his representative. Right. As if he's speaking through us, because at that point he is speaking through us. The Spirit of God ministers to you that you are righteous. It's it's the law, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, bad preaching in the pulpit, your conscience, Satan himself that makes you feel condemned, that makes you feel guilty. But the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to say, no, man, no, no, you got it all wrong. In God's eyes, you are righteous because he made a new covenant in which he made you righteous so that you could be the vessel that he works through and you can experience the God of the universe during the day. That makes the day so much better to have the chance of experiencing God during the day. And the more you get to know these scriptures and the more you get to know the the new covenant, the more you'll begin to realize when God is using you or when God is speaking to you through someone else. Amen. And it's so cool because back to the disciples and the Samaritans. Yes. And the Samaritans were considered the half-breeds, the enemies of God. They were... They had a falling out. The Jews just didn't want anything to do with them. Didn't like them. Walk around Samaria. Don't walk through Samaria. And they have the nerve to tell Jesus, we're not receiving you in our town. Right. And sadly, sadly, the church can sometimes have that same message that the disciples had. Lord, do you want us to rain down fire and teach these guys a lesson? Lord, don't they need to be taught a lesson? Don't they need to be punished for that? Lord, it would be just better for them. I do it because I'm concerned about them and I want them to really prosper. So just punish the dog out of it, Lord. But I love what Jesus said. He said, you know not what spirit you are of. Yes. You're part of that satanic spirit that entered Adam. Yes. That believes the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world. In 1 John chapter 3, they call it the the spirit of error. Which it says is is the spirit of the world. Which is the spirit of the world. So he says you do not know what the spirit of the world is. You're in the dark about my purposes. Yes. Because I did not come to destroy men's lives but to save them. Didn't it say back in 
Romans 5.11, much more having been reconciled to God, how much more shall we be saved through his life? Yes. See, he has reconciled us, but he's saying much more than reconciled. He's now in a position where he can give you his life and deliver you. Save us. Save us. Every day. Moment by moment. He can save you from yourself. That's what we're talking about. Salvation from yourself. From your own human nature and its inability to please the people around you. Jesus can save you by his life manifesting itself through you. That is how you get saved from being a bad Christian. That's how you become a better Christian. That's how you blossom as a Christian. If you radiate the spirit of Jesus through you as he's manifesting himself and doing for you what you can't do for yourself. You don't see yourself as an enemy. You don't see the people around you as an enemy. You don't see the people that are just living in terrible things that you want to judge them. That's where you can truly fulfill the idea of hate the sin but love the person. Yes. Understanding that the sin is in the human nature, in the sin guy, the sin dominates the human nature and makes it a prisoner of sin and then embarrasses you and embarrasses you and embarrasses you. And it's okay to hate that sin but not hate the person trapped by the sin. No, you're in a position to help them. Get get a load of this verse in 2 Timothy. It's 2 Timothy 2.24. And the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil who has held them captive to do the devil's will. To see these people as captive of the devil to do the devil's will. When Jesus says you don't know what spirit you're of, he's saying you're a captive of a spirit right now, and it's not a good spirit. You're not a willing participant. You're not a willing participant, but I'll save you from that. I will allow you to escape the snare. Remember Paul saying, I do what I don't want to do, and it's sin that dwells in the members of my body and wages war against my mind and makes me a prisoner? Well, the same idea is in 2 Timothy, that you've been held captive in your day-to-day experience, and Jesus will set you free. Isn't that what Jesus said? The truth will set you free? And they said, no, we're not slaves of anybody. He said, man, if anybody sins, they're a slave of sin. That They've been enslaved by sin, and then they produce sin because of it, because it has overpowered their human nature. But we have the Spirit of God living in us, and we can experience that. We can experience that power to 
whoop sin. We can experience that power to love one another righteously. And they feel that love and it's good instead of trying to love them and just frustrating your spouse or your boss or whoever it may be. You can actually get it right by using the spirit of God. That's what it means to live by grace. It's what it means when it says by walking in the light of his life. means the same thing. All saying the same thing. By walking by the spirit. Walking by the spirit. So darkness is simply an ignorance of this understanding. One of the aspects is that it's an ignorance of the understanding of what God did for you. Mainly, first off, first and foremost, to get right is the reconciliation, that you've been reconciled to God. That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And the world was completely in the dark about this fact. And so many times in modern day Christians, it sounds like what I'm hearing on the the TV, they're in the dark. Sounds like I hear the dark talking all the time about trying to please God. We've made that task number one is to make sure you reconcile God back to you. Yes. So the darkness is a lack of understanding of God's purpose. Yes. And his plan. Yes. And maybe next podcast we can get into it a little more and show how God implemented his plan and purposes with darkness surrounding some of it until the light of life revealed it to us. Lord willing. James 4.15. So for today's podcast purpose of answering the question, what is the darkness? The, the best, simplest, thoroughest definition I could say would be an, a lack of understanding, a lack of revelation, a lack of unveiling the purpose and plan of God, mainly the purpose of God to reconcile the world to himself. Yes, yes, there's definitely one aspect of the idea of darkness and that's the aspect of darkness that we worked on tonight yes with that in mind i'll i'll just close us in prayer but before i do let me mention that if if any of this makes sense to you and it sounds like good news it sounds like a good word go to guardinggrace.com and join us be part of the guardians of grace Go to guardinggrace.com and join us. We, We want you to be part of our community. So let me pray. Father God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for filling Bill and I with your words because our minds were blank at the beginning of the podcast and you did the speaking, which was good. And I know you made it coherent because you always do. Allow everybody in listening to this podcast to have ears to hear and eyes to see and a mind that understands these scriptures, Father. Give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, Father. We pray for the podcast that you would do that and for the ministry as a whole. We pray that you would work glorious through this ministry and that you would cause it to grow exponentially because we want to make an impact 
on the world as a whole. We want to set people free from the chains and the shackles of legalism and verb-based Christianity where everybody is just trying to please you because they've been told that they don't please you. But we do please you, Father. Allow us at guardinggrace.com, at the Guardians of Grace, to explode on this planet and set people free. You didn't fill us with all these spiritual thoughts expressed in spiritual words for no end, Father. We want you to cause the ministry to blossom and more and more people set get set free from the legalistic bent that Christianity has to it today. It's in your son's name I pray and ask for these things, Father. We love you guys. Amen. Thank you, guys. We love you. Good night.